verse 22 and 23, Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. If you're looking for the Bible app today, we were having some diff- difficult uh, technical difficulties. How about, how about that instead of difficult techni- technicalities or whatever? Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. And all of this occurred to what? To fulfill. All of this occurred to what? Fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, talking about Isaiah. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him what? Emmanuel. No, no, no. They will call him what? Say that name again. What does it mean? God is with us. This is Jesus we're talking about. And the prophet Isaiah says, they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God is with us. Look at your neighbor and say, God is with you. Say, you're not alone. God is with you. That was lame. Look at your neighbor and say, God is with you. Say with some authority like you actually mean it. God is with you. You are not alone. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you that your word is truth. I rebuke every demonic distraction, every demonic stronghold, every chain that seeks to bind us and hinder us and keep us from getting what you have intended for us today. Our minds, our hearts are full, ready to receive what you have for us today. Lord, we are paying attention so we can hear from you. We've heard from the world this week. It is our chance to hear your voice today. May it ring loud and clear through the walls and the halls of this church and out into the streets and the highways the byways in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. So be it. Give the Lord a praise today in this place. Well, if you've been watching the news, it has been a busy week. Can anybody say Ebola? Mm-hmm. Ebola. That's what I, I always thought. Ebola. You know, Ricola. Ebola. Wow, Little Belton, Texas is on the map again. <laughs> and it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, cough, everybody coughing and sneezing in here. You know, we're going to start checking temperatures. I don't know what's, what's going on. This crazy world we're living in. That's wild, isn't it? I wanted to give you some food for thought. Now, today we, we're talking about Jesus, the second part of our series in a three-week series that we're talking about, relationships, this last part of this quarter, last week on Sunday, we talked about God the Father. Today, we're talking about Jesus, God's only Son. Next week, we're going to be talking about the forgotten God, the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you why I'm, called, why I'm referring to him as the forgotten God next week. But we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit next week. Today, we're talking about Jesus. And before we, before we start really diving into Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, I wanted to give you some food for thought. Now, I'm not saying this is, I'm not saying I've heard from God. I'm not saying this is prophetic. I'm just saying this is out of Scripture. You can, take, you can take it and do whatever you want with it, all right? You can put it in your pocket today and take it home for later and look at it again. You can leave it right here on your seat, whatever you want to do with it, all right? I'm just going to throw something your way, and let's, let's just say what if. So I was watching the news, right? And, again, all this Ebola scare, and it's just, you know, people are flipping out. They're going all kinds of crazy and posting all kinds of stuff on Facebook. It's actually been entertaining, 
Do you have any friends that are like, oh, my God, I don't even know what's going to happen. The world's coming to an end. Jesus is coming back. Yeah, he is coming back. And maybe a little sooner than we think. I don't know. And, uh, and so I'm just watching some of your posts, some friends that I have, other people. And it's, it's been entertaining to me. It's kind of lightened the mood a little bit. It, some people are all lit up about this. And, uh, and it's Ebola this, Ebola that, the Halloween costumes. Do you see that? Now you can dress up in a hazmat suit for, for Halloween. <laughs> I posted a picture on Instagram the other day of a guy in a hazmat suit, and I said, the Holy Ghost is my hazmat suit. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And you'll get that later. What the Holy Ghost? So they were saying that they're quarantining these people for the period of 21 days, right? Like, I guess there's this magical number that 21 days, it's over. You can move on with your life. So this, if you, if, raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, none of this is going to make sense. So they've been talking about 21 days. There are 21 days for this. We're going to quarantine them for 21 days. There's a family that's already been quarantined. Uh, that they're getting ready to come out of quarantine because they're ending their 21-day period. And this is incubation period that they've been talking about. So as I begin to think about that, and I was just praying about that this week and all of this stuff going on, praying for our people and just, just praying over all this mess. And I, I began to think about the number 21. And I thought, where have I heard 21 before? Like, why, why is that ringing out in my head? And my first thought was, well, at the beginning of every year, we do a 21-day fast. Now, I'm not saying there's anything to that, but I just started thinking about that. I was like, you know what, we, we take, we've done this for the last six years at our church. We take, if, you, if you're new to Crossroads, if you've never been here on a January before, stay with us because in January, every year, we do a 21-day corporate fast together. We take the first 21 days of the year, we set that aside, and it's like our tithe of the year. We're tithing the first part of our year to the Lord. We do that for 21 days began to look up in scripture some interesting facts about 21. In the book of Daniel, the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted Daniel for 21 days in his answer to prayer. We, we know about the, the Daniel fast that they, him and Daniel and his friends fasted for 21 days. After the children of Israel left Egyptian bondage, they had 21 major rebellious events as they traveled and wandered through the wilderness. Because of their rebellion towards God. The books of First and Second Kings make a total of 21 references to the sins of Jeroboam. Now, you're saying, who is Jeroboam? I'm going to tell you why this is so important. He's the first king after Judah, Jerusalem, and, and the northern tribes split. Now listen, these references were used to show how Israel continued to bis- disobey God, even though they gave them plenty of time to repent. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writes of 21 sins which show the exceeding wickedness of self and sin. He talks about things as selfish love of themselves, the love of money, the disregard for life. Does that sound like any of our culture today? Calling truth wrong and and wrong the truth. And I, I've got more. I'm not going to go into that. I, I've, just, I've just given you some food for thought as a believer. Is that okay? Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> By the way, we do have hand sanitizers out in the lobby. And this is going to be a mass exodus in a minute. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, if we can't laugh at ourselves, come on, people. Amen. 
if we can't have some fun with this, man, we're just going to die of worry anyways. Ebola won't get us. We'll just die of worrying about everything else. I guess someone forgot to tell God that he's not on the throne anymore. Come on, what's up with that? I mean, we still serve a God, by the way, that is in control. And, and it's not Ebola. It's not a mayor in Houston. It's not ISIS. It's nobody. But God is in control. Amen? And no sickness, no demon in hell can persuade him, push him, move him, cause him to worry or fret. God is not in heaven biting his nails saying, oh, my God, what am I going to do? As if he says that about himself. Oh, my God. Church of Jesus Christ, we should have faith in the risen Lord. Amen. My goodness, if Jesus can die on a real cross, surely he can keep us from pestilence and plagues and trouble. Amen. Will he not sustain us? How relevant than what we're talking about today Emmanuel, God with us. So let me just give you the facts about Jesus real quick. Jesus was a real person. Was he a good person? Absolutely. He was a good person. Listen, when you're popular, they don't hate you as much as that they've hated Jesus. You know how, how, how God is so real and how Jesus is so real? Because no one ever damns the name of Buddha or Muhammad. They only damn the name of the living God. Nobody takes... Muhammad's name. Nobody takes Buddha's name in vain because it doesn't mean anything. We take, they take the name of the Lord in vain because the devil knows there's meaning behind it. Are you with me today, church? We serve a risen Lord who is alive and well. Jesus is not in a tomb in Israel somewhere in his bones where you can go and visit him and pay homage to him. The Bible says that he rose from the grave. He's alive and well. What does that mean for us right now in this month that we're living in in the culture? It gives us hope. It gives us hope. You should have hope, church. Yeah, yeah, there are things, sure, to worry about. Sure, life can be tough. Listen, I'm not going to say that the moment you give to life, your life to Jesus Christ, as if there's roses and you just, you just skip to work every day and, and you, you skip through your life, you know, and everything's going to be okay. No, there's times where you, you're down on your knees, aren't you? And you're saying, God, I don't know if I can make it, but somehow, some way, the Lord finds a way to sustain you. He finds a way to lift your head up. He finds a way as number six. 24 says that his countenance will lift you up. Jesus gives us hope. Jesus was a good man, absolutely. But more than a good man, he was all God. He was born of a virgin. He died on a cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. Was dead for three days. Resurrected after that. He sits, the Bible says, at the right hand of God the Father. He is all God. He is all the Father. He is all the Son. He's, he's God wrapped up in one. The best way to think about Jesus is God put on flesh in the form of his Son and came onto this planet to redeem our sins. Look at your neighbors and say, you're redeemed. And the best part about all of this, church, is that Jesus is coming back for us. Hallelujah! Now, if that doesn't get you excited, you might want to check your friend's pulse. Think about that. Jesus is coming back for us, for those that are ready to meet him. My question is, are you ready to meet Jesus Christ? I don't know about you, but like the writer John wrote in Revelations, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. 
John wrote that like thousands of years ago. He was saying, come quickly. We're saying even more today. All right, come quickly. We've had enough. You know what I'm saying? Man, Jesus, come, he's coming back for us. How exciting is that? That Jesus just isn't going to save us and leave us here. <laughs> Defend for ourselves. He says, I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back for you. My kids, uh, if I travel, sometimes I travel, they'll say, Dad, how long are you going to be gone? My brother travels a lot for work. I'm sure his kids will say, Dad, when are you coming back? But you know what? Dad is always going to come back. I might be gone two days, three days. I might be gone a week, but I'm coming back. Listen to me, church. When your heart grows weary, the, the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 that the dead in Christ shall rise first and, be, and, be, and we which are alive and remain will be caught up with them in the air and forevermore we shall be with the Lord. And then he finishes that sentence by saying, now encourage one another with these words. Look at your neighbor and say, he is coming back for you. Now, look at that same neighbor and say, but are you ready? Yeah, yeah, are you ready? When we go on trips, anybody like to take trips in here? Well, let me clarify that. Not work trips, but like fun vacation trips. Yeah. Now, now there are times, sure, work might, for some of you guys that travel, they, they might send you somewhere fun, and you get to have a little fun and work, work fun, but... But, like, vacations are fun, aren't they? Isn't it great kind of to leave town, not have to worry about anything, get to turn your, maybe your phone off for a little bit and relax? I'm assuming that when you go somewhere, surely you pack some bags and you prepare, right? I mean, you fresh underwear and, and clothes. Those are not things that you want to recycle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a shirt, yeah, you might get an extra mileage out of it. But underpants, those are things that you want to change regularly. All right? I'm just, just telling you, just general hygiene here. We're talking about Ebola and other things this morning. So you're looking at me like, surely he didn't say that church. Well, I'm just, if you're not thinking it, then you need to be thinking that. Like if that's a revelation to you, I, I don't want to sit next to you. I'm just saying. When you go somewhere, you prepare for that trip, don't you? You prepare. You pack your toothbrush, change your clothes, deodorant. You're going somewhere where you can wear a bathing suit. You pack your bathing suit and sunblock. You're going somewhere it's cold. You go snow skiing. You're going to pack snow skiing clothes and, and you dress warm. Wherever you're going, you, you, you plan accordingly for that trip, right? Doesn't that make sense? That's not a hard thing to figure out, Crossroads family. This is, no, this is nothing deep this morning right now. You, you plan and you prepare for that trip. And I'm going somewhere, so I'm going to plan and I'm going to prepare. It would be foolish to spend a lot of money on, a, let's say, a Disney vacation, but don't plan anything out. We're just going to show up. Whatever the Lord leads us to do, we're going to do. If the Lord tells us to go to this park, we'll go to this park. And if Mickey tells us to go to this park, we'll go to this park. No, you're, you're going to, if you're going to spend a lot of money somewhere, you're going to plan every detail. Anybody else like that? I, I'm like that. I know a couple other people that are like that. Every minute and seconds accounted for. We're going to have fun if it kills us. <laughs> get in line. <laughs> We're going to fight that other family to get in line. Let's beat them there. Bless God. <laughs> I guess you've never been on vacation with your family to Disney. Well, I'm just telling you. <laughs> Be prepared to fight for your spot in line. You know, shoulder. If you're going on a if you're going on a trip, you're going to plan accordingly. You're going to prepare. You're going to 
plan for that. You're going to strategize for that. This is the day that we're going to do this, and this day we're going to do that. We are leaving this planet. If, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have confessed your sins to God the Father, and you believe in your heart that Christ has died for you, and you make your best effort to live a life for him, the Bible says he is coming back for That means you're going on a trip. How foolish is it to plan a trip to eternity without really preparing for that trip? I mean, we're going to be gone for good. So there's some things that you don't want to forget on this trip. Now, every preacher in the world says it because, and every evangelist says it because like this big evangelistic moment and everybody gives a big shout, amen, when they say it. There's nothing you can take with you when you go to heaven. You never see whatever it is following the hearse, right? You never see the toys following the hearse. We've, we've heard all that before, sure. But can I tell you, there, there are some things that you actually can take to heaven. They might be sitting next to you. There are people that still need to know that Jesus Christ is all God. Come on, somebody, give God a praise. What would our world look like? What would Belton, Texas, listen, how do we save the world? I don't know. One person at a time, whatever cliche, however you want to fill that blank in, you be my guest. I know I can't, with this microphone, literally reach everybody. I get that. I don't know that I'm called to do that. I'm called to this local congregation right here. I'm called to inspire you, to challenge you, to lead you. That is a challenge in of itself. I'm called to a community just like you are. I work, play, shop, work out in the same community you do. I'm I'm living in it just like you. But there are people in this world, in this planet, who don't know that Jesus Christ is real. We take for granted that because we're in America, everybody has heard about Jesus. And I'm telling you, that is the biggest lie the church has bought into. The American church says that everybody, well, because we're in the Bible belt, everyone knows about Jesus. And the devil would love nothing more for us to have our own little social country club right here and meet on Sundays and congratulate each other for showing up. Bless God, brother, you look good today and the Lord loves you. And how can I pray for you? But what would it look like if we left here today and we walked into our world and we said, listen, Jesus is coming back soon. You have to be ready. That's not a popular message. Sure, that can be a message hard to tell, but it's a message that needs to be told nonetheless. And rather than talking about Ebola and talking about the mayor in Houston and talking about ISIS, let everybody else talk about that. Why don't we start talking about Jesus and the risen Lord and what he's done for us and what he can do for you. It seems to me that the church of Jesus Christ is talking about restaurants and everything else, but we're not talking about Jesus. We're talking about everything else, but the thing that matters. And that's Jesus. Listen, the only hope for Ebola in the world is Jesus. The only hope for our crisis in our nation is Jesus. It's not the stock market. It's not your senator. It is not your congressman. It is not your president. It is Jesus Christ is the only hope. That is it. It is not your pastor. Jesus is your only hope. 
And our goal, our challenge today is to buy into that one more time. One more time. One more Sunday. Would you join me and say, Jesus, you're the only hope for America. Jesus, you're the only answer for this crisis that we're in. Jesus, you're the only hope that we're in. Listen, the Bible tells us that the times are only going to get worse, church. That the, that the times are only going to get worse. That we're going to hear of more wars and more rumors of wars and, 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 and more pestilence and more plagues. The Bible tells us these things are going to happen. He says that as Jesus, get, his time gets nearer, evil is going to increase. It shouldn't surprise us as the church of Jesus Christ that these things are happening. That the world will call right right, wrong, and wrong, right, that we will sit back and say, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Well, we should believe it. Jesus warned us thousands of years ago that these things would happen. And rather than posting, oh, my God, what are we going to do? I can't believe this is happening. Belton, Texas, tag, 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 emoticon right here. Hashtag Ebola, whatever. And why don't we see a post and we say, you know what, friend? I understand that you're worried. I understand that you're concerned. But I can I tell you that there is hope found in Jesus Christ. When you give your life to him, psh, whatever. You can look at the devil and say, psh, whatever. Somebody do that, go, psh, whatever. Yeah, I don't know if you can even hashtag psh, PFT, whatever. But I'm being serious. The devil wants us as a church of Jesus Christ worrying and fretting and not having any answers. But, man, we have the answer. His name is Jesus. Amen. And he is alive and well. He lives within us. The Bible says that we will call him Emmanuel, God with us. How brilliant and amazing and wonderful is that, that Jesus is God with us. He is with us. He doesn't leave us on this planet hopeless. He doesn't leave us here helpless. He doesn't leave us here scrambling, wondering what we're going to do. He is God with us. Can I tell you there's hope for you? There's hope for you. But yeah, we're getting ready to leave this planet. Sure, Jesus Christ is coming back soon. My question to you, friend, is are you ready? If Jesus were to come back in the next five minutes, the rapture could happen at any moment. The Bible says no man knows the time nor the hour. For all we know, the Lord could be up in heaven right now saying, you know what? Let's get that trumpet ready, get it warmed up. It's ready to blow it, Michael, because I'm ready to bring my children home. I've had enough. That could happen right now. That could, that would be pretty cool. I'm just saying the podcast that we're recording and someone were to listen to that like tomorrow, <laughs> we're talking about that today. I don't know. The rapture could happen. Jesus is, you can believe it's fiction. That's fine. But if I'm right and you were wrong, <laughs> Jesus is coming back for us, church. Are we ready? We're getting ready to leave on a long trip forever. Are we ready to meet the risen Lord? Are we ready to stand before him and him look us in the eyes and say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your eternal reward? Or will he say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity? I know you not. What will he say when you stand before him? I want us to stand to our feet all across this place today with our head bowed and our eyes closed. If you're wondering if there is hope for you, there is. There is hope for you. I promise you there is hope for you. And it's not this church. It's not the Assemblies of God. It's not the Baptists, the Methodists. Those are good denominations, all of us. The only hope is Jesus Christ. That's it. He's the only hope for this world. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to pray. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Matt, well, I know we pray this prayer every Sunday, but it has 
maybe more significance and meaning to you today. You say, Pastor Matt, and today is the day. I want to be ready. I do not want to be left on this planet. I, I don't want to be left here. I, I, I want to meet Jesus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? Amen. Thank you. Lots of hands. Sure. You can put them down after you raise them. Lots of hands. Anyone else? I, Pastor Matt, I, thank you. Anyone else? I want to be ready. Amen. Thank you. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, I'm, every day I want to make sure of my election. I want to make sure that I'm ready to meet the Lord as well. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died for me. And in three days, you rose from the grave. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. I believe and confess that my life today is changed forever. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a praise today in this place. Worship with us today.